0: Bonjour, bonjour à tous. Bienvenue sur mon podcast. Moi, c'est Dale. Euh, cet épisode s'appelle How to Deal with Shame. So, hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. And this, oh, I'm Dale, and this episode is called How to Deal with Shame. Because we need to know how to deal with shame. Because in the world that we're living in. Shame is one of the most prevailing things. The people live with shame. And if we don't learn how to deal with shame, we're going to live with it for the rest of our lives. And it's going to keep on holding us back. So this episode is about just that. And the inspiration is pulled from my own life. And um, and we're going to get into all of that. But for now, just as the intro, we're going to talk about how to deal with shame. So stick around for more. So as I said, the the inspiration for the episode is pulled from my own life. I have dealt with shame um, for I don't know for a while now, and uh, well, you know, you y'all know like. Okay, if you if you're new to to the podcast, I have I have an history with pride, and uh, if you're not new, they, I've mentioned this that I have an I have a history with pride, and um, I was really prideful, and uh, ironically, my pride was at the height of my mo- of the moment of my first love. So I'm seeking God. I'm like watching, trying to be perfect, you know, and. Um, The passion, you know, it's like Paul said, it's like how Paul says it, that they have a zeal, speaking of the Israelites, that they have a zeal, but not according to knowledge. So I had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. So I really dealt with pride. And then that was, that that would go on to be contrasted in the following years by shame, overwhelming shame, shame that crushes the soul, shame, the kind of shame that keeps you up at night shame, the the kind of shame that is way beyond insecurity, the kind of shame that, that, you know, that gets past all insecurity and just makes you feel not just like a nobody, but like even worse than that. And um, I wanted just to make this episode because shame has tried to, has been trying to rise up in my life. So I wanted to draw inspiration from that and speak to people because I believe that my fellow teens, that a lot of y'all are dealing with shame, and uh, I hope that this episode will be helpful to you. Let's get into it. Yeah. So before we get into talking about how to deal with shame, first. Let's just catch up, okay? Where is life up? Oh, sorry. Okay, where is life at? Um, well, I'm still writing my exams, and um, tomorrow I'm writing math. I'm real excited about it, you know. But I at the same time I feel nervous. I mean, I'm. I, I mean, I I I can cool myself down. I know I can. But like, I'm just. I don't know. I guess. Being a bit pessimistic, so yeah, that's sad. So yeah, but that's not where life's at. It's not like, oh, that's all about where life's at. So I'm on the wilderness, wilderness 2.0. Today is day four, and this wilderness seems to be going faster than the last wilderness. Because the last wilderness, I remember it hurt me so much to go on it. Because first of all, I uh, first of all I left some things like, in suspense. And um I was left in suspense. And uh, also, I was detached from the things that I was so addicted to, like the social media that I was addicted to, the TV shows that I was addicted to, the, like, the movies that I was addicted to, the phone, the phone which I was addicted to was now boring. It was boring. There, were, there was no entertainment escape for me to go. There was only like podcasts. And I I, I know that I knew that I could only listen to God podcast. So it was only podcasts and, and the Bible basically the last time. And, um, you know, so it really hurt the last time, but this time it seems to be going by so fast. And, um, I remember the, the last wilderness seemed bleak at times. At times it seemed as if what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Am I even obeying God? Is he even God who's speaking to me? Because God seems silent right now. So all those thoughts would come to me and uh, they would just they would just really, you know, echo in my mind over and over again. I would hear them. And uh, it's only now, it's only after the wilderness, after that wilderness, it's only after that wilderness finished that I saw the impact that it had on my life. And the impact, I tell you, was great. Even though while I was in it, it felt so bleak, so boring, and so colorless. The impact, This the impact on my spiritual life, the impact on my War with Lust. The impact it was immense. It was it was amazing, and uh, I guess I'm keeping that in mind this time around. That I may not feel like much is happening, but like stuff is happening. And one thing that I'm doing that I that I was that I'm doing is I'm reading a book, the book that I mentioned to you in two episodes back, um, Atomic Habits i don't know if any of y'all have gone to like to to bookstores and uh, even online bookstores even on amazon and stuff like and checked out and and seen this book atomic habits by james clear like i've been seeing it everywhere and it seems like a really and it seemed like a really good book so i got it and now i'm reading it and uh you know what? I, I love the book. I love. I really love his book. You know, two books that that I that I that I that I love. I have loved this year are the book I just finished. The book the finally finished it. The it's like all throughout there was this sense of of suspense, like of the unknown, like anything could happen, and uh, in the end, everything may everything connected in just such a beautiful way. It just made. So much more sense. It was so much more beautiful, so much more colorful. There was so much more contrast and brightness just because of the way the story was told. Even like even death and as a narrator made so much sense. And I and I wouldn't have it any other way. So that book and the book which I'm reading, Atomic Habits, is actually it's a book. These are books that I want that make you want to read them, you know, like you're reading them and you want to read more and more, not like other books, which you read and you're just trying to get through it just because you got started. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So spir- spiritually, where am I at in my relationship with God? Well, my relationship with God is getting back on track getting back on track. So like, um, like even like, like I, I, I had started really neglecting and not really paying much attention to my re to my recovery. And, uh, and so I decided, and so, I uh, and so like going into the wilderness, like be, be, as I was going into the wilderness, I had like a wake up call, like, wake up, wake up. This is for real. This is life or, or death. You got to wake up or else you're gonna go back you know so yeah and uh, I got and God was just saying you don't want to go back 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 and his grace has sustained me and behold here I am so that's that you know I run out of words when when trying to speak about where life's at but I don't want to spend too much time in this part of the episode I actually want to get into the actual episode, so let's get into it. Shame. What is shame? What is its definition? Well, I cannot give the definition of shame, but I can give a helpful illustration. Guilt tells you that you've done something wrong, and you do, and you need to do something about it. You need to fix something. That you've wronged someone and you need to fix that. Shame tells you that you are something wrong. Shame tells you that you are something wrong. And I heard that phrase on Better Together this week. And it like, it got me because I related so much to that. Shame tells you that you are something wrong. And you're not. You're the beloved of God. And uh, for all of y'all who are, who have dealt with shame, who are dealing with shame, or who deal with shame from time to time, this episode is for you. Guilt tells you that you've done something wrong. Shame tells you that you are something wrong. We're going to break that down. We're going to break that down. We're going to break down that barrier. We're going to break down that wall. We're going to overcome that. We're going to get past that. We're going to learn how to deal with shame when it ar- when it arises. Yeah, let's go. So here's my story with shame. So as I was telling you in the intro or the other part after the intro, that I have a history with pride so when uh, I failed you know and uh, I got addicted to pornography and uh, masturbation and uh, like at that time guilt came upon me I had done something wrong I done something i knew was wrong i knew at the core of my being was wrong i knew at the core of my being was wrong and for those and for a few moments i let myself believe that it was right and after i had after the act a shame like i had never known came upon me and i felt like i was unclean I'd always known I was clean. I'd always known I was holy. And for the first time in my life, I felt unclean. From knowing that I am righteous, that I have right standing with God, even taking it to an extreme with pride in that, to having shame. Shame that surpassed anything I had ever dealt with and this shame told me that I was unclean I was very far away from God cast out from the presence of God cast out from communion with God and I was dirty and to me that was the worst and it is the worst It is the worst to be, like, to have such a closeness with God, though He was working, uh, though though I had pride and God was dealing with me on that little by little. To go from such closeness with God, to suddenly feeling so far away from God, separated by this giant wall, of shame. This giant wall. Of guilt, and it wasn't normal guilt. Because it was beyond guilt. Guilt is natural. Guilt tells you that you need to fix something. Guilt is guilt is in your conscience. It's like it, it's it's in your conscience. You've done something wrong. You've done something wrong. You've done something wrong. Fix it. You've wronged someone. Fix it. You know, guilt always has to do with you've wronged someone, either a, per- a person, yourself even, or God. You've wronged someone. That's guilt. Guilt is natural. And as you, uh, get, that guilt can even lead to repentance. But shame does not. Shame wants to keep you trapped, reminding you all over again, over and over again, that you are something wrong and and for me it was telling me that i was unclean i was dirty and i was unloved by god because i was unclean and i had rebelled against him and it's really interesting to think about it because the same enemies that were trying to because the same enemies that were tempting me a few moments before would be the same enemies that would condemn me and really put this heavy burden of shame of of condemnation on me that's what they would do and uh, i don't know maybe you're not dealing with like exactly it's it's impossible that you would be dealing with exactly exactly my situation. Maybe your shame comes from something else. Maybe maybe it's just you you just have that. Maybe the devil has just pushed that on you, impressed that on you. That false guilt. He has put that on you. And he has shamed you. And he has tried to keep you in that. Well, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live in shame anymore you don't have to live in bondage to shame anymore this is your moment to break free and by the help of god with the holy spirit you can break free and as as we're going into the episode i want you to know that the grace of god to break the grace of god the strength the enabling to do all that to break free is with him and the will to do all that is with you you have to say yes and he'll give you the power you have to say yes and he'll give you the power so that's what we're talking about and so stick around my fellow teens because this is going to be a really really i don't know i don't know the wor- wor- the word to use this is going to be a, a really helpful episode yeah Hello. Let's jump into our main passage. Our main passage for today is Romans chapter eight, and we're starting with verse one, which says, "There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus." We're going to use the word condemnation for shame. I, I, I would, I would, I would have to say that the word condemnation is a biblical equivalent of the word shame in our, in our today's language. Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now, let's skip forward. Let's just go forward. Let's just... Yes. Um I'm getting I'm getting there. Okay. Verse 31 of Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say? Okay, before I before I before I get to verse 31, you need to understand why he's saying why he's saying that. So, I'm going to start at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose for whom he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And, he, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say? What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or pe- or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And amen. That is so wonderful. So, I don't know if you if you got something but the whole episode we're going to be talking about what we just read here and how it applies to life. That's what we're going to be doing. So the first point that I have is you are not something wrong. You are not something wrong. You are loved. You are not something wrong. You are loved. As we were reading, as we were reading right here in Romans chapter eight, Paul here is talking about what shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing, nothing. And he talks about, look at the extent to which he has gone to redeem us, to call us, to have us. You know, there's this song by Maverick City, I am the one you love, the one you love. It really really is amazing and that it speaks to us that it speaks to us individually that I yes I not someone else I am the one you love I am the one you love telling to God that I am the one you love reminding ourselves that we are the ones whom he loves so then you are not something wrong you are loved if you're not something wrong you're loved let's go back to verse 1 verse 1 says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk who are in the who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus whatever shame you may be dealing with It has no right, it has no right to inhabit you. It has no right to shame you. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. It has no legal right, no legal right to torment you, no legal right to abide in you. The only one who has the power to let it stay or let it go is you. You have that power. You have that power. Shame has no legal right to stay in you to abide in you to remain in you because Christ died and he has taken away all your sin. He has not just cleaned you and made you whole. He has he has he has completely transformed you into he has completely transformed you so that when God sees when God sees you, he sees Christ. It's not because God is foolish, but because God sees the truth. I mean, this is God. He cannot be fooled. When God sees you, He sees, he sees Christ whom He loves. He sees Christ whom He loves. You know, that is, so, that is so comforting. That is so comforting. But where does shame come from, anyway? Where does it come from? Well, as we've talked about, we've already talked about false guilt, which is shame, which is which is impressed, which can be impressed upon one. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just give possibilities here of where it might come from. So for one, in my experience, shame comes from shame comes shame comes from like doing wrong from sin, from failing to meet a standard. You know, the shame that comes from sin, no shame is allowed. No shame has any legal rights to remain in you, to abide in you. No shame. Maybe maybe guilt is allowed because it leads you to repentance. It leads you to change, but not shame. No shame at all. So shame comes from the ones who are trying to condemn you all day long, all your life, the ones who will try to condemn you all your life, the ones who will try to tell you that you're not good enough. They won't just say that you're not good enough. You're not good enough is insecurity. But they'll tell you that they won't even say that there's something wrong with you. They'll tell you that you are something wrong. You are horrible. You are you are a small, tiny, insignificant, little nobody. It's just to demoralize you, to lie to you, to strip you of your identity, to take away your identity. It's really to lie to you about your identity and to try to convince you to mislead you out of that. The devil is the one who condemns. The devil, the enemy. I've said the enemy and I've said the enemies because remember, he's not omnipresent. He has henchmen working for him. These we know as demons, these evil spirits. Now, we don't talk about it much in the church today. It's almost like we talk about God's love. We talk about other things. But we don't talk about, you know, the war that is at hand. Remember, the reason that the devil is trying to shame you is because, and I want you to remember this. If you remember one thing from the episode, it's it's this. The reason that the devil, that the enemies, your enemies may be trying to shame you. The reason they're trying to shame you is this. You are armed and dangerous you are dangerous to the enemy's camp you are dangerous and they have to neutralize you any way possible and they will try to impress upon you this false guilt this false this false guilt this shame to try to keep you down because they know that if you know who you are when you operate under your identity your identity of child of god daughter son of, or son of god when they know they know that when you know who you are you are a danger to their plans you are dangerous to their plans and so they're they're working overtime to keep you in bondage to shame because they know that if you ever break free you're going to go out and you're going to destroy the plans you're going to destroy the stuff that they have You're going to destroy strongholds and stuff. They know it. They know it. And point number two of our episode is this. Let me see. I'm still going. Point number two is this. You are holy. You are holy. So there are two types of holiness. So. The, just like just like just like a lot of things there are two there are two types of a lot of things just like there are two types of of manliness or manhood. There is a manhood of being born into which is gender and there is manhood of growing into which is maturity and the same apply the same applies to womanhood and uh, there are two types of holiness. There is the holiness that is given to you. That as soon as you have Christ, you are holy, like you're you are spotless. You are spotless. You have no sin. You have nothing. You're clean. And there is a second type of holiness, which is living out that holiness. It is not. It is not the law. It is not trying to live by the law. But it is living out the holiness that you already have. It is not trying to attain holiness, but rather it is living out the holiness that you already have. And when, and from time to time, you'll fall short, and from time to time, you'll mess up here and there, but you are holy. You are holy. You are already holy you're just living out what you are. You're just living out that lifestyle. You're just living out that identity that Christ has now put on the inside of you. Having been made holy, because that's what the book of Romans is talking about. It's talking about the law and it's talking about grace. The law is about trying to attain holiness and feeling miserably. Kind of like me, trying to attain holiness and sort of in pride. Really, pride comes before the fall. And so... Failing really miserably, but now grace enters into the picture. And Jesus Christ makes holiness available to you and I for free. He he tells us that you can have it. It's all yours. And having given us and having made us holy, there is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ jesus there is therefore now no legal rights for shame to remain in those who are in christ jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit there is no legal rights for shame to dwell in you and if you're not yet surrendered to christ if you haven't given your life to christ yet do it now you know it's amazing that God has made the eternal gift of salvation as easy attaining the eternal gift of salvation as easy as praying a 1 minute or a 30 second or 2 minute simple prayer with all your heart to the best of your ability and you've and you've attained it and the rest is to live out that holiness, to live out that righteousness already made available. Remember, grace is also the ability. Grace is not just like, you know, undeserved favor. But grace is also the ability. Grace is also the enabling to do that which we're not strong to do. Because remember in 2 Corinthians, Paul, Jesus says to Paul, my grace is enough for you. Because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so from time to time, like even when I feel like God, you know what? I, I feel like I'm, I'm really weak right now. I feel like I'm really weak right now. So he comes in. I need grace. And so he gives me the grace. And little by little, I say yes to God and no to sin. I say yes to God and no to rebellion. Yes to God, little by little, he gives me the grace. He gives me the grace. And I and I walk out, and I walk out my freedom. I walk out my salvation with trembling and fear. So the points that we've made are you are not something wrong. You are loved. And the point that we're under right now is you are holy. There is therefore now no condemnation for, for you no condemnation zero condemnation and i want to once more read to you the love letter that god has written for you and i want you if you can to take this scripture write it out somewhere put it on a mirror just write it in your notebook whatever in your journal write it down put it up everywhere remind yourself this passage right here starting from verse 31 verse 31 of it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. And he's not just risen, but he's risen who and he's at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Kim who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. You are loved by God. Instead of shame, receive the love of God. For shame, For instead of the garment of heaviness, Put on the spirit. Okay, let me me actually go there. Let me actually go. So Isaiah 61. Okay. This is what Jesus read. And this is the words of Jesus. You know, pre, pre, you know, before he came in the Old Testament. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has, has anointed me. To preach good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he may be glorified again let me repeat that to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness take off the spirit of of heaviness take off the spirit of heaviness and put on christ jesus our lord put on christ jesus who has loved you take on take off the the garment of heaviness of shame and receive and receive with meekness receive with meekness the good news of the love of God let that love cover you let that love wash over you let let, let that love blanket you let that love keep you you are not meant to live in shame Shame has no legal grounds. Shame has no legal right to remain in you anymore. The only one that can allow it to remain in you is you. Don't let it. But instead, receive the love of God, which is everlasting. He has loved you ever so greatly. And if you ever need reminding, just read just read what we just read just go back to what we just read Isaiah 61 Romans chapter 8 just go back to it and let the love of God just wash over you Amen Now, I want us to pray about it because I I want, I want like everything, every teaching that we have, I want it to set in our hearts and to be activated in our lives through prayer. So let's start. Our Father, we thank you for having called us and having redeemed us. We thank you for, for having died for us and having set us free from the curse of sin We thank you for having loved us ever so immensely. Thank you for your love poured out onto us, for your grace made available to us. Thank you for declaring that no condemnation, no shame has any right to abide in us, to remain in us. Thank you that we are yours. We are loved. We are not something wrong. We are loved and we are holy. We are made right with you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this gracious gift. And Lord, we reject shame. We refuse shame. We're not going to own that identity anymore. We're refusing that identity. But we accept your identity. We declare that we are loved. We are loved by you. We are loved by you. We are loved by you. We are made righteous with you. We are holy. We are pure. We are clean. We are redeemed. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We know. We know all this. We know all this because your word says this. Your word tells us all of this. Your word tells us over and over again just how much you've loved us. And we are giving up. We are giving up on shame. We are giving up on the false guilt that the devil has tried to impress on us. And we receive. We are given into your love. We receive your love. We receive your grace. Thank you for having made this available to us and having given it to us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So I hope you enjoyed the episode that it spoke to you. Um, I wanted to do two episodes today, but but because of time, I cannot. So I am, but I am glad that I made this episode. And for any of y'all who are dealing with shame, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to let shame reign and dominate in you anymore. You don't have to live like that anymore, because you are loved, you are called, you are redeemed. You are His. And you are holy. And you are pure. And you are washed. Like He's completely. He's completely made you. He's completely made you His. He's completely washed you. And cleansed you of every sin. Of everything. And He calls you His beloved. His redeemed. Now. I want if. If. If you're listening to this and you've never given your life over to Jesus. Maybe it's about time. Because who knows if you'll have this chance tomorrow. None of us ever know. And I'm not trying to, you know, force some guilt onto you. I don't want to force any shame onto you. But I just want to say that God God has been running after your heart. God has been chasing after you. God has been calling out to you isn't it about time that you finally gave in to him isn't it about time that you gave in to the one who loves you like no other the one who loves you and gave himself for you and he is god and he didn't have to he does it because he wants to he loves you anyway no matter how no matter no matter what you've done no matter how many times you've run away He's still calling out to you. And so I'd like to give you that opportunity to welcome him into your life. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I have wronged you, that I've been running away from you, and that I need you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the way that I've lived. Thank you, Lord, for having died for me. For having cleansed me. And for having forgiven me. Lord, wash me with your blood. Make me yours. I make you my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I am so happy for you. Congratulations, you just made the most you, you just made the most important and the most wonderful decision of your life, and uh, I'm ever so grateful for that. And uh, if you ever need someone to talk to, to talk to, just it's just please. The email is in the description, and just just email me, and uh, we can get started on the conversation on what's next now that you've received Christ. And for all y'all who already have Christ, um. I, I just I just want to say that now that for, for all of y'all now listening, I just want to say that you don't have to live in shame anymore because you are clean. You are clean. You are made holy and you're made righteous. The devil is the one who tries to put that shame on you. But God has taken it all and put it on Jesus. That burden that Jesus cried in the garden and said that my soul My soul is crushed even to the point of death. My soul is sorrowful even to the point of death. That was your shame. That was your sin. And he took it all. You don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to live like that anymore. You can receive his grace, receive his love, receive his mercy, receive his peace, and receive his gracious gift of holiness. And I hope that this episode has been a help to you. And stick around for more because we are making more episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it for now. Bye bye.